there it's a bright new week and uh, there was something that i really wanted to address um a life lesson so to speak something that i have learned the very hard way after a lot of you know uh, experiences as well as a lot of ups and downs and uh, a lot of roadblocks and which has led me uh, to have a better understanding of myself as well as better understanding of how far i should really go so to talk about this particular topic i need to go back to the year 2010 i was a journalist a freelancer uh working with a newspaper and i used to write a a sort of a weekly column on consumer related uh, issues so one of the topics i had chosen was medical insurance and you know i wanted to address the problems that people face when they take medical insurance my research led me to speak to this gentleman who had made an insurance claim and uh, had to go to consumer court to get his uh, money so i wanted to basically interview him and so i called up uh, his landline number that's the only number i could lay my hands on and uh, someone answered the phone and they said that uh, he is uh, not available currently on the phone to talk but i could go hop over and meet up with him i took his address and at the stipulated day and time i reached uh, their residence i walked into their rather quiet house to discover that uh, this elderly gentleman was on a mourn vrat which means that he had taken a vow of silence and i believe at the time he had taken the vow of silence for 3 months which means that for 3 months he would not be speaking so obviously it made my job a little tougher to get all the details out of him but he had a pen and paper at the handy and he was very proficient in english so i was able to write down my questions and give it to him and uh, he was able to i mean i was able to narrate my questions and he wrote down his answers and uh, he gave me his wife gave me the paperwork and everything and more or less kind of uh you know my interview was done and it went fairly smoothly and uh, since it was tea time in the evening by by the time i was done with my interview uh, the lady uh, asked me if i would like to have a cup of tea and um, i said sure why not and it's then then uh, i realized that there were two other gentlemen in the house uh, who had both been in the room while this conversation was happening in the living room and uh, one was walking with a walking stick and one was on a wheelchair and then i got to know that they are both brothers sons of the concerned gentleman that i was interviewing and uh, both of them have a condition called ataxia so they uh, there is a condition called fredrick's ataxia and theirs was also a kind of ataxia but it was not exactly fredrick's ataxia so ataxia uh, later on during research i found uh, is an incurable progressive degenerative uh, uh, sort of an uh, dystrophy condition um caused by the degeneration of the cerebellum and so therefore it causes uh, uh, the afflicted person to lose control of their uh, muscles little by little in a degenerative manner and in a progressive manner so they you know this family's their oldest oldest older son was uh, 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 
contracted um, ataxia at around 27 years of age but their younger son had symptoms much much earlier so this is a genetic condition by and large but uh, it uh, even though they went through all kinds of tests and they figured that uh, they didn't sort of have that gene in their family so it was uh, uh, really kind of uh, a mystery to them why both their sons strapping young men in their 30s and 40s uh, were both uh, you know uh, patients of ataxia so they had difficulty in speaking their speech would be slurred um uh, you know as the disease progresses they would get wheelchair bound uh, they would have uh, trouble swallowing food they would have trouble walking to the bathroom they would have trouble with any activity that involved using your limbs and your you know um, uh, you know any muscle in your body which like i said included swallowing so it was a, a heart rending condition and uh, i was then told that the gentleman had kept this mon vrat or this vow silence because some soothsayer had told them that if you do this possibly you know it would help your boys and i guess they had reached a point where they were willing to you know try anything out anyway so um this gentleman just asked me would you write about this in the newspaper because uh, i don't think anyone's ever heard of ataxia and i don't even know how many people in pune district really have ataxia pune is a city i live in and i agreed and i said i would speak to my editor and uh, you know uh, throw some light on this issue eventually i did write not just one but several articles highlighting the trouble that these uh, young men and women go through again uh, hit by something like a degenerative condition like this in the prime of their lives uh, and then because they can't leave homes because they can't even type they cannot undertake any kinds of jobs they sort of become burdens on their families and their caregivers are primarily their elderly parents and i met a lot of other people thanks to the articles that we wrote uh, the articles were also picked up by a lot of uh, regional newspapers and uh, soon uh, this family was able to get in touch with a lot of other young people who had ataxia within pune district also they also got calls from across the country in fact they got connected to a lot of people across the country uh who have a taxia or who have a member in the family who has a taxia by and by i got more and more involved with the family and uh, we reached a stage where the elderly gentlemen uh, uh, you know wanted to uh, start a small organization or a self help group that would help these people um you know especially get um, uh, small things like wheelchairs or you know simple things that would help make their lives easy like maybe a physiotherapy session and all of that because uh, in the process of writing these articles i had also interviewed uh, uh, you know the neurology head of uh, india the the indian association and uh, who's based out of pune and who also told me that there is no cure for this condition yet although there's a lot of research being done in the us and uh, in india because a lot of doctors do not even recognize this as ataxia because sometimes the symptoms are sort of confused with muscular dystrophy 
a lot of uh, patients go und- undiagnosed and so therefore no one really knows about the actual number of ataxia patients in our country so after i heard this and after i heard the gentleman who wanted to start this organization i volunteered to give them my support and my help and i thought that you know this would be something that i could do on a part time basis and i could just um you know do small things i did not my intention was not to do something big and fancy my intention was to do small things to to bring them some happiness because i knew that a lot of them had not stepped out of their homes in their adult lives i remember um that uh, i think in 2011 or 2012 uh, this whole uh, new um series of events was started for what was called the joy of giving week uh, which would start on the 2nd of october which is mahatma gandhi's birthday and would go on for a week after where everyone from all walks of life would be encouraged to do something whatever they could within their means and within their uh, you know capacity to help another person and to spread joy and i remember that there was this one joy of giving week where i was approached by a radio channel um to interview them and i also approached another organization to be able to take them for uh, a movie to the cinema and when we were having these discussions and these uh, you know we were making these plans i realized that most of them had never ever even been to a mall like their last memory of a cinema hall was one of those old cinema halls where we used to go to when we were children and you know how cinema going had changed completely how cinemas had changed you know the kind of food you would get the kind of ambiance the kind of seating uh, the locations these people were not even aware of it and they lived in a bustling uh, you know metropolitan city like pune so apart from the shock of that you know i was filled with empathy for them and i wanted to do small things to make their lives a little happy to give them a little hope to make it a little meaningful it was very difficult for us to find them jobs because like i said they could not even hold a phone or they could not even type you know to make their uh, to earn a living uh, forget about leaving their homes and traveling and going to a job you know um i thought that i could do small things like organizing a picnic for them once in a while or like this cinema session you know a lunch somewhere in a restaurant and just take them where you know they would feel that they are stepping out of their homes they're getting a breath of fresh air they're able to meet other people they're able to relate their stories to other people and you know they would have some excitement and some joy in their lives so what started out as a humble contribution towards raising awareness about ataxia which i was doing through the newspaper and uh, through other magazine articles etc i thought that i would be able to continue that process you know as time went on and to get more and more people uh, afflicted with ataxia into our fold towards that end we started a blog towards that end we started a facebook page which is still at- active actually and we still get a lot of visitors to the page and uh, time went on what eventually happened is by 2015 16 i started to feel a sense of burnout and the sense of burnout primarily came from the fact that i was the only 
healthy able bodied young person who was associated with the self help group on a 24 by 7 by 365 basis we had a lot of other volunteers who came and went uh, there were volunteers who had you know some of their own ideas in mind which included um you know somehow to make money uh, out of this whole endeavor which this elderly gentleman was completely against and he just wanted this to remain a self help group for people with ataxia and other disabilities and the ultimate goal was to increase our numbers in a way that we could you know uh, sort of make a presentation to the government of india and tell them that see there are so many people afflicted with this rare uh, condition which is incurable which is which is degenerative which is progressive and which is fatal and because most of them are young men and young women and they are all dependent on their elderly parents for caregiving um perhaps the government of india should create a rehabilitation center for them or a center where they could go and stay and you know lead the rest of their lives with dignity and uh, you know uh, without being a burden on their families so i also came across people who had ataxia who were feeling uh, who were made to feel um, like burdens within their own families and it was extremely unfortunate um, they came from a very mediocre economic backgrounds and it was understood that the people even looking after them as well were constrained by uh, the you know uh, the presence of a a, a very uh, you know of of another adult in the house who was unable to contribute anything um to the household in a way to the household income or any of those things and on the contrary as the condition uh, you know uh, as as their condition becomes worse and worse they require additional things like a wheelchair a walking stick physiotherapy sessions yoga sessions etc etc they also have you know the usual things like uh, you know dental issues and you know they need glasses because their vision starts to become poor and uh, a lot of these families were starting to feel the pressure and the person who had ataxia would also feel the pressure and start feeling like a burden and unwanted so the purpose of this entire self help group primarily was to bring focus to this rare condition that nobody had heard of to consolidate the numbers and increase and and get to know how many patients of ataxia there really are um uh, you know to start with in our district and then in our state and then to go on in our country and then of course like i said to be able to bring some sort of uh, um uh, you know attention and focus to them so they could have you know so we could get some sort of uh, maybe even a disability benefit granted for them and you know things like that so that was the thought process with which we were working and on a day to day basis we would simply try to make their lives a little happier 25th of september is international ataxia awareness day and we would meet up every year we would cut a cake even the simple activity of meeting up for this event would be a big logistical nightmare because we would have to pick these people up from their homes physically they would not be able to walk so either they are being carried they are being you know put in their wheelchairs and they are being uh, you know uh, um, sort of uh, you know um, helped into the cars and then their wheelchairs are being folded and you know all of that so it it was it was log- you know the logistics were quite daunting um throughout um 
the five six years that I was associated with this organization. And also, what happened is um, around 2014, I think 14-15, uh, this gentleman, elderly gentleman's health started to deteriorate. He, um, it was discovered that he had Parkinson's, and I think he also had dementia, and um, his health started to go downhill. And there was very little support that I felt uh, from, uh, you know, the community by and large. and uh, i was unable to give any more time or any more uh, of my energy to the cause and um i started to feel very disillusioned and i started to feel um like i was a failure at this and uh, there is a, a noting i wrote in a diary on 20th of december 2016 and i wrote this and i forgot about it i always believe that things show up in your life you feel things you read things you remember things you recall things you meet people you watch something nothing is sheer coincidence it's all for a purpose So when I read this what I had written it made me recall all the pain that I went through in the last 2 years of my association with this organization and the feeling of like I have written the incompetence the lack of achievement and all of that that I had felt and uh, I also remembered that exactly 6 months ago I was uh, faced with you know some other battles and some other demons from my past and and the reason for this podcast has actually come from that diary noting which i happened to read recently which has thrown new light uh, on what i went through and how i should perhaps have handled it so 25th of september 2016 is the last time that we celebrated uh, Uh, international ataxia awareness day and i recall a year prior to that we had um, a f- a pretty fancy celebration where we decided to reach out to our communities and ask for volunteers because it was clear that i didn't as a single volunteer i didn't have uh, you know the bandwidth and i was losing steam and i really needed help and support um i was not only you know working in the sense that trying to maintain the facebook page and all of that i used to also you know take them for events wherever we would get invited to speak about ataxia i would also do some fundraising uh, there were also times when i had to spend my own money to get certain you know um flyers uh, printed and you know things like that things what are required for a typical marketing campaign and by 2015 i'd really started to lose steam so we had this really fancy celebration where we thought we would reach out to our to the communities around us and say you know this is this is the thing these are the people they are right here uh, we request you to volunteer you know if you give us money it's great but actually money is of no use to these people because there is no cure for this there is no medicine there's nothing we can do with the money we need your time we need your effort we need you to be to get involved we need you to get engaged with them um you know to be able to spend some time with them 
and it was in this gathering that i think one especially one person that i recall stood up and said that uh, you know we had been a big failure as an organization because in the 5 or 6 years of the existence of the organization nothing had been achieved and uh, we had not even made money i mean you know and everyone was still in the same state like these two young men were in the same state and the other people who had a taxi or who were associated with the organization were in the same state and you know all of that so anyway a uh, lot of people in the crowd stood up for the organization and also said that uh, you know this gentleman was being a bit unfair but uh, a part of uh, what he said was also a personal attack on me uh, i don't know what he assumed that i was we were making money and i was siphoning money off or whatever i don't know what his assumptions were but i think that was kind of the last straw for me and uh, i almost dissociated myself completely with the organization so this 2016 diary noting uh, which i have uh, was um, uh, a big eye opener for me which i which i read recently and i would like to narrate it here i've written after reading sadguru's point of view on happiness I had the biggest realization of all which started with the question since when did working for a taxia become a chore a responsibility or even a headache the answer is since my effort got related to achievement that we haven't been able to garner any more volunteers that others are pointing fingers at us and are just short of calling us incompetent that despite our passion and hard work we really haven't achieved much in tangible terms or in the way that will make our members and their relatives happy that took the spark out of me my work for ataxia was never work it was just a desire to do something however small in scale when my effort got equated to the lack of success my passion disappeared and all of it became a burden and my coach had explained to me that i was okay to feel things for people which is it was great that i had empathy for others that i felt that you know uh, i should be able to help them i should go out of my way to help them He said when I went wrong was I started to fight their battles for them. And he gave me several examples from my own life that I had narrated to him over the course of our association. Fighting battles for my father, fighting battles for my mother, fighting battles for other people. Um literally even as a journalist through at least the last 10 years of my career i had been an activist more than a journalist and all that was burdensome for me because somewhere i carried a little bit of that in my soul all the time and i was feeling overwhelmed by all these feelings by all these battles and i was constantly battling and therefore my empathy was causing self harm It was very tough for me to hear that. Because when you come from a space where you feel that I'm doing this because 
I love these people, so I want to fight their battles for them. I feel for these people, so I want to fight their battles for them. I want to help these people, so I want to fight their battles for them. When you come from these spaces, you just uh, sort of blur the lines between empathy, activism, you know, and uh, going just way too far and getting just way too involved. What does that lead to? Like in my case, it leads to burnout. What happened with me with ataxia was not the only time when I had experienced burnout. My father has a couple of cases in court uh, to recover certain properties from certain relatives. And I was the one who cajoled him to file those cases. And he felt the confidence that he could file the cases because he thought that I would look after them. Which I did for almost six years. And then I started to lose steam. And then I started to lose my focus and then I started to feel burdened. So for me, my biggest learning was, you know, it is important to be empathetic, but it is equally important to not get carried away. Since I'm someone who always sees activism as a part of whatever I do, because I'm extremely action-oriented. So if I take on um, something, I want it to reach a logical conclusion and only then I stop talking about it or dealing with it or tackling it or focusing on it and it's there are several several instances in my life when I have done that and at the end of it there are certain things that cannot have a logical conclusion there are certain things that are just meant to take their own time There are a lot of things that I can't control. I cannot orchestrate. I cannot make people feel the same empathy or the same, uh, you know, feel the same way about these uh, things that I want to feel, that I feel for. And it has always made me feel like I'm letting them down. And the reason why I'm putting this podcast out there today is because I know there are a lot of you who are like me. I mean, even if you take up something simple like looking after the stray dogs in your locality, you'll always find that one lady, that one gentleman, that one uh, person who takes it up like their life depends on it. And then when, you know, they reach a point when they are being shunned by the people around them or they're being you know, their competence is being questioned or their passion is being questioned and then, you know, they just feel so extremely let down. There are so many people like this around us. And I've learned it the such a hard way that I really wanted to share this insight that empathy is great. But empathy doesn't mean that we can fight their battles. Sometimes they have to fight their own battles 
and if they are not equipped to fight their battles that is how it is and that is how it's meant to be it has taken a lot of me the person to reach this stage today where i can even talk about it without choking up and uh, maybe i've become smarter maybe i have finally decided to learn my lessons and uh, make the relevant changes and so i'm going to start with the biggest change that i needed to make i have let go of all these battles and i have decided to stick to what i feel my empathy for these people who have ataxia remains but i am not going to attach these parameters of success of competency of achievements all those burdens my empathy is going to be devoid of those burdens and i'm going to do what i can do for them so at the end of my diary noting i have written what i need to do going forward and mind you i wrote this 3 and a half years ago and it is 3 and a half years hence that i am going to execute this in my life but it's never too late so here's what i have written what i need to do to follow or try and follow what sadguru says happiness does not come only from achievement to not allow others expectations to bring me down to remember that i can only do so much and if i think i will do everything for the cause i will burn out to focus on the happiness i used to get by doing small things for them to bring my focus back to happiness to bring my focus back to the joy of knowing them and making small humble contributions to be confident of my service to them which stems from no sense of achievement to value my time and my contribution to be happy knowing that i am doing as much as i possibly can to not get carried away by emotion and think that i can change every single thing with merely my own effort to accept that in my imperfect contribution lies my happiness thank you so much for listening to me if you are someone who is faced with a similar conundrum like mine who is feeling burnt out just because you have just way too much empathy for a cause a person i hope you can get some insight from this podcast and if you know someone who is going through 
a similar situation please please do feel free to share this podcast with them thank you so much for your time have a wonderful day and i'll catch you again goodbye